Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have a special guest. Her name is Lauren Garston. She is an author of The Invisible Corset, Break Free from Beauty Culture and Embrace Your Radical Self. As a body connection coach, she helps women heal their relationship with food and body image. Her holistic website, empoweredsustenance.com, has supported over 40 million readers. Wow, Lauren, what a reach. That is absolutely impressive. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And thank you again for giving me um, the opportunity to read your book prior to its release. Very exciting stuff. And I'm super stoked to dig into the content and kind of find out the why behind the development of this powerful tool. So we can uh, share with the readers what your intention is and the hope for this masterpiece as we move forward. Thank you, Heather. It's so great to chat with you and connect with you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really, really excited that um, our paths cross through a mutual acquaintance and um, you found out about me and then reached out. We, we talked about, you know, me reading this book and, um, and then having you on the podcast. And I felt such alignment just off the first few pages. I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait to interview this woman and find out the why behind this whole book, the journey that you've been on, um, so let's talk about how did you transition from your nutrition work into helping women heal body image and escape the invisible corset? Mm -hmm. It was a long journey here because my healing journey started when I was 14. Okay. Uh, and like so many of us in the field, it was autoimmune issues uh, that I had to learn how to heal myself. Mm -hmm. um, and it was pretty severe. I had ulcerative colitis. And so between the ages of 14 and 18, I really did everything that my doctors told me to do. I was on countless meds and then more medications for the side effects. And strangely enough, my health just kept getting worse. Imagine that. Imagine, um, that. <laughs> imagine that. So by the time I was 18, I was essentially bedridden. I had to drop out of college. I was in excruciating pain. And my doctors had told me along the way, you know, nutrition won't help the best you can do is just gain weight when you're not having a flare because you're going to get super emaciated like when you can't eat. And so I believed that for the longest time until I had this, this moment where it was like a book jumped off the bookshelf at me. Mm -hmm. And it was this quiet, faintest whisper of my intuition. I think the first time I really heard my intuition as an adult um, and I just this voice inside me said, I have to try this. And I, I knew, and I, I decided to, it was a, a book outlining a dietary protocol um, for autoimmunity uh, called Breaking the Vicious Cycle. Okay. Uh, and so within three days of being on that protocol, my acute symptoms were gone, uh, which was a miracle. It felt like a miracle to me. And wow. then within, yeah, within three months, I decided I'm off all my meds. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go back to my traditional doctors because they didn't really help me in my journey. And at that point, I, I felt such a calling to learn more about nutritional healing and to share what I had learned. Um, so that's when I started my blog and I trained as, as a nutritional therapist. Um, and I worked in that arena for quite a few years. And you, what I started to realize, both getting to a certain point in my own journey and then facilitating the same healing for my clients was that we get to this place where nutritional healing gets us so far. And then we start feeling a little bit stuck and there's like this pressure and this kind of understanding of, I need to try something else. Like I, I have this sense of, I need to take it further. There's, there's something beyond this. Mm -hmm. And what I, I realized was we can, we come up against this block of uh, having to graduate from the rule book. 
Yes. Right. And get back in touch with our own intuitive wisdom so that those, those dietary protocols can get us so far and help us reconnect to our intuition. But then we need to learn how to listen to our own bodies, not only around food, but also around bigger life choices, spiritual choices, self-growth. And um, what, what I realized was one of the biggest pieces for women, my clientele was all women at this time, was this set of beliefs um, that was around body control and body domination. And it was um, kind of this illusory reality that we were living in. And that's when I came up with the concept of the invisible corset and how it's, it's these mental binds that are making us as uncomfortable and restricted in our bodies as whalebone corsets once did, you know, but because we can't see it because they are internalized beliefs, they're that much harder to take off. Absolutely. You are speaking my love language, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I can relate and commend your efforts at having the ability to listen to your intuition and take the journey of healing yourself. So nutrition wasn't going to play a role, huh? (laughs) three days days. I mean wow that's that's really really quite an impactful statement and I think that it also speaks the volume to how powerful what we put in our body can actually be when we seek the right nourishment right we have to nourish not just our bodies but our minds and our soul and I feel that that's something we've lost sight of in society. We try to, um, you know, we have these unrealistic expectations of what we are supposed to be. And then we try to find band-aid solutions to fit that image, fit that trajectory that we think we're supposed to be on. So I think it's beautiful. I, I just absolutely am in love with you and the work that you're doing. It's Thank you. so commendable. So Thank you. Yeah. And something on that note, um, again, what I started to realize was our bodies are going to tell the truth if we're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are going to tell us if we're not living our soul path, they are going to eject us from a life that is not meant for us. And that's what happened on my own path. And I, I kept seeing that with my clients. Um, they were trying harder and harder to stay in a life that wasn't in alignment with their soul. And that's why they felt like they were fighting their bodies because their bodies, these wise soulmates that we have to direct us on our life path, their bodies were saying, hey, honey, look, you're not, like, change lanes, get over, exit here, take this exit. Right. <laughs> um, you know, lines do I have to show exactly. you? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I like, to, I like to refer to the symptoms, the physical symptoms that we have as our body's way of waving its red flag trying desperately to get our attention and we just continuously ignore it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're so disconnected from our actual physical body. We're, we're so disconnected from so much. Um, I think about five years ago, I started preaching that eventually the movement that we're going to need to embrace is being unplugged. <laughs> in a sense, from all of Mm -hmm. the technology, all of the information that we have access to and actually start turning within so that we can reveal our life path through our own intuitive being. We have Mm -hmm. everything we need within us, but we don't trust. We lack the trust Mm -hmm. process around that. So, so, um, Yeah. So I I think that your message is um, it's the way of the future. We have to share this message and we have to get this information out, especially to the younger generation. So we really have Mm -hmm. the ability to intervene and start cultivating the belief practices that are going to support our ability to allow ourselves to access that intuitive piece of us and fall into alignment with our life purpose so that we can live healthy, happy, joyful lives. At least that's my meant to that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know for myself, I was diagnosed at 18 with an autoimmune kidney disease. That's where my journey began through the whole health and wellness. And um, 
And then in 2012, I ended up developing cervical cancer. And so for me, this was a big, a big moment in my professional and personal career where I had to start questioning, um, okay, well, if I've got the nutrition down and I have the exercise down, then how did I get to this point? And that's where I really recognized um, energy and how energy mm -hmm. works and embracing more of the spiritual side that I had been in resistance to. And so for me, it was a blessing. It was a lesson and a blessing that I'm extremely grateful for because the trajectory of my professional um, outlook and practice completely changed mm -hmm. after diving deeper into the research and realizing that we need to break free from the rules that are breaking us. Exactly. And I, I love that you bring up this, this point, the fundamental body disconnection. Mm -hmm. And that's the second string of the chorus that there's five strings. Let's talk and, about all five girlfriend. We gotta, okay, let's, let's do it. No, yes. Dive in. Okay. So the first one is fear. And this is the socially programmed fear of really the natural manifestation of the female body. Um, so everything from being afraid of our weight and our size uh, due to really unrealistic and um, singular standards mm -hmm. um, and really poor uh, messaging around weight loss and, and pursuing that uh, to being afraid of our aging process and being afraid of our body changing through childbirth and menopause and, and having wrinkles. And, you know, it's something I called age dysmorphia right? Okay. We have the concept of body dysmorphia, which is where it, you have, um, uh, you obsess about flaws, quote flaws that aren't really flaws. They're just natural manifestations and variations of your body. Mm -hmm. So age dysmorphia is the same thing. Most women are suffering age dysmorphia without realizing it because every time we reach for an anti-aging cream or an anti-aging procedure mm -hmm. that is coming from, um, the indoctrinated fear of the natural state of our body, right? Mm -hmm. We also have fear of our intuition and living uh, according to our soul rules, because like you said, that's out of alignment with the expectations society has for us. Right. We have fear of the natural spectrum of our emotions. There's not proper education around that. The pharmaceutical in industry has intervened in horrendous ways. And there's a lot of scientific literature that, that is showing we're having a lot of consequences of that. Mm -hmm. um, we're afraid of the natural manifestation and variations in our sexuality because it's been so commodified and commercialized and distorted. So that's the first string is recognizing all these areas of fundamental fear um, that has permeated our self-relationship. Oh, I love that. And yeah. you know, we can even look at that deeper. We see so much of that happening right now in our reality with everything that we've had occur over the last almost year now with the pandemic Absolutely. and how much fear is being cultivated around this virus. And it's infecting more than just people. I, I have to be honest, it's very challenging because as a health practitioner, my one of the sides of my business, I dedicate a lot of my time working towards mental health and substance abuse populations. Mm -hmm. And since this whole pandemic hit, these facilities have been maxed out. People mm -hmm. have really lost. I don't know if they've lost. They just they lack the skills of appropriate coping and they turn to the substances and it blows my effing mind. Like I, I could be so vulgar right now, but it blows my fucking mind that during the pandemic, liquor stores, liquor stores were, you know, titled, um, they were titled, what do you call it? Um, essential, right. essential. <laughs> this right. is essential to our health. <laughs> there's no, there's no logic that is happening. And, and, and that is, you know, it's really interesting. My book is going into the world right now because 
one of the biggest aspects of taking off the invisible corset is understanding fundamental mind control and cult dynamics. Yes. And so if people read this book, they're going to open their eyes to some other things that are happening in our, in our culture right now. Cause where you, when you see mind control in one area, like the beauty industry, well, guess what? You're going to see it in the pharmaceutical industry as well. Same yeah. pattern, same technology. Absolutely. Yeah. Lauren, I am, I am so proud of you for having the confidence and the courage to speak mm. to this. I feel like for mm. me personally, this is where I hit a lot of dead ends with individuals. Um, when we start to bring these concepts into conversation, they're like, oh, you're one of those crazy conspiracy mm. theorists who doesn't believe in vaccines and whatnot. And mm -hmm. I have my own personal beliefs based upon my personal experiences with the health. Absolutely. Um, you know, I... At, I think as early as 11 years old, um, the answer for my depression and anxiety was to be medicated. And I spent- I was 12 as well. Yeah. yeah, that's the first time I was put on an antidepressant and it was with no exploration into my life, what was happening for me. It was just like, we're gonna fix your broken brain. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so the reality is that zombified me. Like I mm -hmm. became a walking zombie. I was literally a- a body walking around with a suffocated soul. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. had, I had no room for breathing. And this led from one thing to another. I think I had my, my first hospitalization at 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a child, um, at a very early age, I would complain often of having uh, stomach aches, like tummy aches after I ate. And my parents would take me to the doctors and they would run tests and then the doctors would gaslight me and they would say, oh, we can't find anything. It must all be in her head. And now as an adult and many, many decades later with all of the knowledge and you know, resources that I've been able to utilize, I now understand that my environment had a lot to do with how I was feeling and the gut brain connection, how strong mm -hmm. it is. And this is something that up until the last five years, the medical industry completely dismissed. And I'm sure with you getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at 18 years old, 16, no, 14. 14, at yeah, 14 yeah. Old, that there was so much environmental play at hand that allowed for that genetic mutation to actually- Not only that, life. yes, not only that, and the pharmaceuticals that I took in my past yes. before that. Mm -hmm. Learning, when I studied nutritional therapy and pharmacological interventions, I was like, well, that explains a lot because it did what it, it, it was, these medications were designed to do, which is um, prior, imbalance certain functions and suppress certain functions in your body at the expense of imbalancing other functions in your body. You know, and this is where there's just, a lot of, um, I think, well-meaning but terribly misled people in the world right now because um, they don't understand the history of the pharmaceutical and the medical industry. And you can't have a picture of what's happening right now unless you understand that and you understand propaganda um, and you have a basic understanding of, of how the human body is a symbiotic environment and how the interventions we're using right now like sanitizing everything with carcinogenic chemicals and children's school buses and classrooms like it's a very backward approach if you take a look at the big picture and you have a historical understanding but we're not taught this history for a reason absolutely i could not agree with you more and it's very comforting to be able to have this conversation with you with another like-minded individual who understands the complexity behind the agenda that's been yeah. going on for a long time. Yeah, and I just gotta say the other thing that I, I'm sure it gets you too is when they say, oh, you're anti-vaxxer, anti-science. And I'm like, I am very pro-science. I am pro-science in that I, I make a distinct effort and I put so much time into understanding the financial bias in science. I look at who funded the study. I look at um, who funded the medical schools that conducted the study. I look at what are the financial ties of the teachers in that um, school. There's so many layers here yeah. to truly have a scientific perspective. Absolutely. And I can tell you for myself that it was very challenging when I decided to go down the route of becoming a registered dietitian nutritionist. Mm -hmm. 
because I knew that majority of the information that they were going to be teaching me in this educational system was bullshit. It was bullshit mm-hmm. and I knew it. And I had to just suffer through going through those protocols so that I could get a registration. So then I could practice medical nutrition therapy based off of the research that I feel is viable and the best approach for us as human beings and healing our body, utilizing as many holistic practices as possible. We have everything we need. We have everything. We don't need all of these fancy things. It's really, it's very, very simple. And if we can help individuals, you know, help clear up some of the information for individuals, because I know for myself, part of the reason I am not buying into vaccinations is because when I decided to go the route of becoming an RD, I had to go through clinical settings. And as a protocol of practicing in a clinical facility, you have to be inoculated with a ton of vaccinations. Mm. And as a result of these vaccinations, I ended up having a very severe allergic reaction. Within 20 minutes of getting a flu vaccination, I want to say it was 2014, within 20 minutes, I drove home, got to my home, laid on the bed. I was feeling very, very weak, very fatigued all of the sudden and short of breath. So I lied down and then all of the sudden I could hear gurgling, gurgling in my lungs. And I was like, oh wait, I feel this really heavy pressure. Now I'm hearing gurgling in my lungs. I think something is wrong. And I called the doctor's office and they said, you're having an allergic reaction. You need to get to the hospital. Of course, my stubborn butt decided to drive back to the doctor's office instead of to the ER. But what ended up happening, they had to give me five EpiPen shots and I had to be on a breathing machine for almost 24 hours to get back into a regulated state. Whatever happened, you know, they said that these vaccines are cultivated using eggs. It could have been one of the plethora of proteins that that I had the allergic reaction to. There's never going to be an identifiable way of knowing exactly what happened because there are so many things added to these vaccinations without our awareness. And and the list of things that are in these is pretty lengthy. And I don't know about you, but quite frightening after I started diving into the research and and looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, thank you. I do not want any of this into my body. So yeah, so that's where I get my, my own, I use my own intuition. My intuition says nothing is going into this body. (laughs) Nothing. I am a sovereign being. I am a sovereign being and I have my health and wellness. And for that, I am grateful. Yes. And your personal experience is so valid, you know, and I, I, again, I'm not like anti, I'm not really anti particular pharmaceuticals, I'm pro-informed consent as well as pro-science. Pro-informed consent means, consent means, um, you know, do you have the information of everything that's in the vaccine? Do you have the information of all the reactions that people are experiencing? Well, guess what we don't, because that information is um, intentionally, if not outrightly hidden, just made very difficult to find, put in very difficult to understand language. So, it, it, we, we have to be able to have fully informed consent to make a free will choice here. And, and people think they're making free will choices, but it, there's so much coercion in place that it's really actually not possible to do so. Absolutely. Such a valid point. Such a great, mm-hmm. point. absolutely true. And the reality is regulations around releasing a vaccine are a lot more laxed than they are around releasing pharmacological medications for use. And I think that in itself is quite alarming. We need to look into that. Why? Why are there less regulations around vaccinations versus developing a medication for use to manage disease? So yes, I think discernment is um, vital at this point in our life. And so I'm grateful for individuals like you who have taken the time, invested in yourself, invested in the resources, time, energy, effort into having a clear understanding of all of the things that are intentionally being hidden from us and then having the courage to speak about it and bring it to the, the masses. 
you know, this, I can only imagine how proud you must be of this mm. piece of work. So it, it's, thank you. You know, it's a, such a soul project. Uh, a few years ago, I, I had the sense that I was going to write a book that would somehow help women trust their bodies. And I, I it was a very vague sense. And then one night I had a dream and I found myself in the circle of very old wise women. And suddenly I felt a pressure in my body that was so extraordinary and intensity. I burst out crying in the dream. And I said, I have to write the book that changes people and I don't know how. And I was like, where did that come from? But it came out and all the women in the circle were like, oh honey, you have time. It's okay, you have time. And uh, when I woke up from that dream, I had such a sense of urgency and um, like, like motivation around this. Um, and it was truly that moment, my soul was assigned to write this particular book. Um, so yes, I'm proud and I'm also relieved. It feels like, oh, there's that weight off me. <laughs> I'm sure. The book is out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love yeah. the fact that you were able to trust your intuition. You, you had this vision through a dream and you knew that it was a message that was intended for you and your life purpose. And you trusted in that. You didn't need to know all of the details. You felt supported in some way and you trusted in that process. And I think that that's beautiful. That's such a mm -hmm. gift. If mm -hmm. we teach others how to embrace these kind of moments, we could be living in a completely, we could li literally truly. be living heaven on earth. We could. Truly, truly. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Organifi. And my friends over at Organifi are hooking you up with 15% off the entire store. Yep, the entire store. All you have to do is head over to Organifi.com and use the code Heather to save some moolah. You guys ask me all the time, Heather, how do you have so much energy? How are you basically reversing the aging process? And I just have to say that the green juice and the red juice from Organifi are two of my secrets. I don't go a single day without a scoop of my red or green juice and just a little PSA, right now they even have a pumpkin spice flavor and um, it's outrageous. I don't take a lot of supplements, but I'll be honest, it's hard to get a lot of the vitamins and minerals we need from food alone these days. So that's why I use a high quality product like Organifi to ensure that I'm supporting my brain health, liver health, immune system, detoxification, and most importantly, my energy levels. The green juice is amazing first thing in the morning because it contains superfoods that help to lower cortisol levels and uh, it's 2020. Has it got you stressed? This is going to be a game changer for you to help reset your entire body for a focused and energized day. To have your red or green juice or any other amazing Organifi product delivered to your doorstep, head to Organifi.com and use the code Heather for 15% off. You know, that brings, that, that is such a perfect segue into the second string of the course that, which is disconnection. Um, uh, wait, do I have these in order? No, no. Disconnection is the third string. The second one is domination, um, which it really ties in as well, because it's this mindset of, um, we, we see our bodies as objects that we own essentially, rather than beings with whom we are in partnership. Our bodies are our first and most enduring soulmates. And uh, I go into a really important aspect of history in this chapter that we're not taught in school, which is in the early ancient goddess worshiping societies around the globe, we had a sense of such partnership with nature and with our bodies. And the, the intuitive you know, ways that you and I are talking about now in terms of navigating our life, that was commonplace back then. Um, and I talk about this, uh, this radical culture shift that happened over many thousands of years um, and kind of post agriculture that led to more of a, a domination and hierarchical based society, which then translated to how we interact and um, uh, treat our own bodies, mm -hmm. uh, really based on, on controlling our, our bodies as a machine. Yeah. Um, so that's a key piece to realize. And that, that also leads to the disconnection string. Um, 
And again, if we look back in history at, at what is not taught in school, we see that in all ancient cultures, humanity had the ability to communicate with nature and with our bodies in a degree that allowed this almost heaven on earth. It allowed a degree of harmony and abundance that we find unimaginable today. Like one example that I talk about is that humans, um, well, the, the shamans and the tribal healers across the world were able to communicate with plants. So plants would actually sing to them the medicine that they wanted to offer humanity. Mm -hmm. And so this started happening to me. Um, I had a series of spiritual awakenings in my early twenties and like kind of psychic intuitive awakenings. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to hear the plant songs and to hear the plant medicine. And that led me on this rabbit trail of research, um, learning not only how we used to communicate with plants, but how we would communicate with animals right through psychic and telepathic um, means uh, this allowed um, hunting expeditions uh, without technology that we have now uh, we were able to communicate or understand where water was underground through a process called dowsing we were able to understand the unique nutritional needs of our bodies mm -hmm. intuitively mm -hmm. and um, provide that based on whatever environment we were in and as a result of the body disconnection, we have lost touch with the language of nature that is within us and without us. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, you and I are on the same page of if we can get back to that, yeah. humanity will be in such a place of abundance. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. You know, this, this whole concept of domination is an interesting concept because I feel, I, I really feel like um, we've been dominated to be ruled by technology and intentionally kept from our nature, from nature and mm -hmm. within our bodies. That, and mm -hmm. I, I know for myself that this is something the last two years, particularly, well, I guess really the last five years, I've really embraced and understand my need for nature. I am a very empathetic individual. I am a magnet of energy. And so with the kind of work that we do, it's very heavy work. And I tend to absorb a lot of the emotion from other individuals. And I have to be very, very intentional with my own practices and being able to transmute the energy that I'm absorbing from others in a way that will allow me to get back into a balanced state of alignment. But it's funny because I recognize when I don't stay consistent with doing my grounding practices and being in nature and, and, and just listening to the flow of life, I start getting depressed. I start, my, my mental health starts to be really challenged. I will have suicidal thoughts that pop into my brain and I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Because I tend to be a very optimistic person. And for me, it, it shows me all of the, the darkness, the clouds, the smoke, the fog, the mirrors that are all around us, keeping us in this fun house, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> keeping us in the fun house, spending more tickets, what's around the corner, right? Yeah. So um, for me, nature is a non-negotiable. It's an absolute non-negotiable. Something that without nature this last year, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine where yeah. I would be without I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Do you use flower essences for yourself? I do, yeah. Okay, because I have this great um, energy clearing spray. This was a game changer for me. Um, I actually, this is made for my company where I have other flower essences. Okay. Um, and this woman who's such a, such a plant shaman, and this has been a game changer because it clears off my client's energies. Mm -hmm. And so many of us holistic practitioners, we are those sponges. Yes. Um, so that's one resource that I recommend when, whenever I hear somebody say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm taking on my client's energy. Um, and yeah, it's been a game changer for me. Well, for the longest time, I didn't so. even realize that was what was happening. I didn't even realize, mm. you know, for many, many years, I didn't, I had no idea that it was an energetic exchange that was occurring. Right. And I was yeah. into a deficit because I wasn't valuing my own self-care practices and 
listening to what my body was telling me and intuitively seeking the resources that were available to get me back into a sovereign state of, yes. of being. And so, yeah, again, it goes I think back to the, you know, that disconnection. From yeah. Yeah. And I, I think so many people in the traditional healthcare setting, so many doctors and nurses, um, they're bombarded with these energies and they don't recognize it. Like I would really love to get this awareness into a more traditional setting. I think it would be such a beautiful support for our, our frontline workers there. I tend to, you know, kind of joke in a sense, but um, I say all the time that our healthcare workers tend to be the most toxic individuals yeah. that we can. Oh, I'm yeah, because they're in highly toxic environments all day. It's extremely yeah. toxic. Yep. Some of the worst practices, lifestyle practices around sleep, schedule it, you know, prioritizing mm -hmm. their time, time management, nutrition, exercise, their mental health. I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, yes, like you, I too would also like to see this information being leached to the masses in the healthcare world so that mm -hmm. we can start transitioning our beliefs and practices from within. Mm -hmm. We blindly trust our medical system. So many individuals just have, you know, we're, we're issued a birth certificate and a social security card. And with that comes 100% trust within our medical practices, our medical system okay. and our government systems. We just blindly trust in that, you know, I, I find it, I find it interesting because with the mental health work that I do around um, mental health and substance abuse, that 95% of individuals who are diagnosed with some sort of mental disorder, such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disease, schizophrenia, these typically are misdiagnoses for nutritional deficiencies. Isn't that mind blowing? Yeah. You know, I, well, I, I think it's both nutritional deficiencies, inflammation and spiritual awakenings Yeah, um, wow. and spiritual urges to wake up and, and, and it, ugh, it is truly a manifestation of the darkness in our world that that is silenced because it's not an accident. Yeah. Right. Right. When humans wake up and they're silenced, that's not by accident. Right. Oh. It's yeah. very comforting to have a conversation with another individual <laughs> who understands it, you know, yeah. we do have a lot of barriers working against us. And I'll be honest with you, it is a little frightening to see the censorship that's happening and to think that potentially this book could be stopped from meeting the masses because the information that's in here is so fucking powerful. You know what? I, I feel like I navigated carefully because um i've learned you know my my last instagram account had over eighteen thousand followers and was uh, shadow banned and censored and um before all the pandemic stuff happened so i'm not really sure what triggered it mm -hmm. um but yeah the censorship has really concerned me especially when it comes to what's being censored from academic journals what's not being published scientifically what's uh, being banned from Amazon in terms of uh, scientific literature and reading. Um, but this book I'm so excited about because I, I feel like it's going to give people the critical thinking and intuitive skills they need to navigate their life without red flags in it. Like I don't really outrightly talk about certain pharmaceuticals, um, certain dark agendas outside of the agenda of the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm quite excited. I'm like, ha, ha I did it. <laughs> I got around. <laughs> this is going to wake up people, whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, I like the fact that intentionally you thought about that and you problem solved mm -hmm. to help reduce that barrier from standing in the way of this book, having an opportunity to reach more people. Well, I'll tell you, I did not know the barrier was going to be this extreme, uh, you know, three years ago. Right. It's blown my mind and I saw parts of it coming, but it's, it is really, I felt like I was hit by a baseball bat the other day when like, you know, all the stuff on Twitter was happening and, and parlor was taken down. And mm -hmm. I, I was just walking around with my jaw uh, open in my house thinking like, I, I was having such a difficulty processing it. 
-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a tough week for sure. You know, I've been having grounding yeah. and a lot of detaching and a lot of letting go um, because it is disheartening, you know, for individuals yeah. like us who we've lived it firsthand. We've chosen to challenge the, the group think and go against the standard recommendations for healing ourselves with our own autoimmune disease. So if we have the ability to do this with just this, what mm -hmm. else, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, all right, let's go into number three. So we, <laughs> back into the strings, yeah. Okay, so we're actually, so number three was disconnection. Now we're on number four. String number four is mechanization. Okay. Okay. So again, I gave this um, kind of historical understanding here because we have to understand how Western science was an offshoot of the religious beliefs at the time where um, humans were kind of under obligation to own and dominate the earth um, rather than work in more partnership. That was uh, I'm not saying that's reflective necessarily of, of Christian views, but it was at the time uh, in, in the 1500s, 1400s, that's how it was interpreted. And so science that we have now in the Western world is a direct offshoot built on that belief. Mm -hmm. And so then we have Descartes coming along in the scientific revolution where we start to see the world not as a, a being with a female soul. That's previously how the earth was conceived as. Mm -hmm. and how indigenous cultures saw the world. Um, well, now it's become a machine, something that's like clockwork, mm -hmm. and the human body is now being seen as a machine. Mm -hmm. And so we have these expectations that our body behave more like a machine than a being. Yes. Okay, and this fundamentally cuts us off from listening to our body, mm -hmm. um, from making decisions in harmony with our body's wisdom and values, because you don't do that with a machine. Right. Um, so that's that's a key piece there. Um, and then the last and final, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna, I, I just wanna make a statement. And for me personally, one of the challenges that I find as a healthcare practitioner, when individuals go to their doctor and they get their labs done and they get their results back, everything is looked at like a machine and it's compartmentalized. You have diabetes, you have cardiovascular disease, you have autoimmune rheumatoid arthritis, you have depression, and you also have anxiety. But how are all these things connected? We're trying to treat mm -hmm. them individually and we're not looking at the big picture and the symbiotic relationship of how all of these things are intercorrelated. And I find Absolutely. that very frustrating. And I know that that's one of the biggest pieces to the education puzzle with my practice is getting people to understand we're a whole. <laughs> we're not individual yeah. body parts. We are a whole being, body, mind, and spirit. And mm -hmm. when we can align all three of those things, magic happens. Magic happens in our reality. And it's so much simpler than we like to give thought to. It doesn't have to be super complicated and complex. Like it can be simple. We can choose simple little behaviors that are realistic to focus on that are going to help get that symbiotic relationship back into working order without having to take extreme measures that are Absolutely. just masking symptoms and creating a new plethora of symptoms that are going to require medication in order to manage. So I love that piece. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you went there and you spoke to that and that you're getting individuals to wake up and say, wait a minute, I'm a whole being. I'm not just a heart. I'm not just blood pressure. I'm not just my depression. I'm not just my anxiety. How are all of these things correlated? Where's the root cause? What's the one thing that we can focus on to start getting these other systems back into working order? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. And the cool thing about uh, this perception change is when the body stops being a machine, she becomes the mechanic herself. She's uh -huh. not broken. She's the one who orchestrates her healing. And 
that, I mean, you, you nailed it when you said that's where the magic happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I have a yeah. feeling that might be one of the quotes I'm going to use for you <laughs> the promotion of this podcast, because mm -hmm. I've been better said, my friend. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So what's uh, our number the, five? So our last string is coercion. And this is the mind control piece that I was talking about. It's the brainwashing and the culty dynamics that we don't recognize is shaping our opinions. So, so many women believe when it comes to their beauty practices or beauty procedures, they'll say, you know, I'm choosing this because it makes me feel good. Right. And then we have this perception and the beauty industry really runs with it. Well, if it's your choice and it makes you feel good, then it's empowering. And if it's empowering, it's feminist. And this is why it blows my mind why so many, quote, feminist woman magazines are talking about plastic surgery and risky weight loss procedures, body harming, body dominating approaches that truly if they were done to your pet it would be considered animal abuse because right. it is inflicting unnecessary pain and suffering mm -hmm. for really arbitrary illusory um uh outcomes right. <laughs> so the the key here is understanding um what truly is your opinion we have to do the work of recognizing our false self and our true self mm -hmm. so our false self is the um, kind of coping mechanisms and the beliefs that are societally programmed into us intentionally because our false self is capable of living in a way that is not in our own soul's best interest but in the best interest of industries governments associations religions right um, so we have to get back to our true self who is the inner wisdom that is going to make choices in our best interest rather than the best financial interest of the power structures around us. Um, and that's kind of the deeper healing work that I go into in the other half of the book mm -hmm. is how actually do you excavate your true self? Mm -hmm. Because the thing that I, I really want women to understand is I'm not saying that all um, beauty products are bad. They're pretty neutral if we take out, you know, the inherently body harming practices. Right. Um, so they can be self-expressive or self-repressive. You know, if we look at women like Dolly Parton or Dita Von Teese, their true self is very feminine energy, very glamorous. Um, feminine energy is, is, I'm talking in archetypal terms like yin and yang, feminine energy, the, the yin is, um, focuses much more on kind of that, those inward practices, those adorning practices. Well, when I took my journey, when many other women take their journey, they find that they might have a little more masculine energy in them. And so for me, that looked like, um, you know, not wearing makeup every day. I actually realized I have much more masculine kind of classic taste in clothing, which was a revelation to me. And so we get to these, oh, they're so beautiful, these revelations where it, it, um, it becomes so much more fun and self-expressive to show up in the world mm -hmm. because we're not using beauty products from a place of inadequacy or shame, right? They're purely coming from a place of self-celebration and joy and choice. There's where our free will choice comes in. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I have to be honest with you. I learned so much reading this book that I had so many moments where I was like, wow, wow, she's genius, genius. I, I really, I, I just love the layout of the book. I, I was so enthralled throughout each page. I canceled many plans <laughs> I had many wow. of why I just needed to rest in order to get through the book. I, I was a hundred percent absolutely in love. I fell in love with you um, upon reading it and have so much, so much adoration for what you're doing. And I, I just commend you immensely for listening to your intuition to listening to those women in your dream and saying, you got it. You got time, girlfriend, you've got time, but you're going to make it happen. Just wow. Heather, thank you. I mean that those words really went to my heart and I respect you so much that that means a lot coming from you. Thank you. Oh, Lauren, I, 
honestly, I, I think that I'm probably going to purchase a bundle of these books so that I can start handing these out to my disordered eating and eating mm -hmm. clientele. And, you know, in our mental health population, um, I think that this particularly could be a very powerful tool to help them understand the why behind them being stuck. Mm -hmm. you know? oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I feel like there is um, a lot of opportunity here. And I'm just grateful that I was one of the first to get in on the secret. <laughs> Me too. I am so glad our paths crossed. Absolutely. Well, I could honestly spend hours and hours talking to you about this book, and we might want to actually do a part two and do a follow-up moving further into this information once the book has um, been released. And actually, you know, now that I think about it, I think I'll host a book club on this one. Oh, fun. Yeah. So all of the listeners so who are interested in joining me on a book club to... Um, read together and discuss the break free from the invisible corset how do you how do you it's the invisible corset break free from beauty culture and embrace your radiant self correct is that the way yes yes and tell me when whenever your book club meeting is if it's on zoom i'd love to to oh. hop in and say hi or answer any questions that'd Absolutely. be fun i would love that yeah i'm gonna make that happen i've been being called to doing a book club but to be mm. perfectly honest with you nothing had really, um, nothing had urged me in a way like I, I really feel this book has a lot of power and potential. That's exciting to hear. Awesome, Heather. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing with the listeners the five strings. And for the listeners, you guys have got to get your hands on this book. It will be one of the most powerful tools that you could arm yourselves with, especially right now in this time, we need it more than ever. We need to come together. We need to use our intuition and get back to the place of heaven on earth. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.